Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Mike Boris and this is Straight Talk. What is great about the Australian sports fan, there is just this gross double standard. As long as you're playing well, I don't give a fuck what you do. But if you're out of form... Well, then we've got issues. We're yeah. coming for yeah, you. Yeah, we're, we're coming, coming for you in a big way. If they score again, I'm fucking out. What, what, stream over? Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Send it. Turn kill it off. It. Kill it. Welcome back to another episode of Hello Sport. The home of unqualified opinion, unwavering bias. It's like a proper pub chat to me. Yes, yes. exactly. Like It's like you're just shooting the shit. The, the reality is we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I'll tell you this about the food I've fished. Some people will say to us that was the best episode you've ever done, and sort of the metric for us is have we made each other belly laugh. Yeah, it's almost like the perfect entree burger. We're not mates anymore. Sorry. Serious? Like, what did you expect was going to happen? Cheers, boys. Oh, how dare you, Oh, my God. That's rude. That was disgraceful. Ed Simpson, Tom Birmingham, welcome to Straight Talk, guys. Thank you for having us. Been Thank way you very too much. fucking long. Like, yeah. uh, what's going on? There's been a little bit of dancing around in Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, well, I'm coming on your show. Am I coming on your show? Yeah. We I, hope. You hope. I yeah. am. I, I wanted to. Yeah. I Absolutely. Wanted. We'd love to have you on. Denon keeps talking me up, so I've got to get on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he does, does talk, talk you up, Denon. Yeah, no, he talks me up big yeah, time. Yeah, he's a big fan. But it's cost me plenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy. He's a great man. Yeah, but I actually said to him, I don't mind telling you now, I said to him, mate, you ought to go off to, and I had introduced him. I said, you go and see Tai Two of us, like Bam Bam. I mm. said, just fucking you two merge your beers. Mm. So you like have the two separate brands, yeah. but you're sort of talking to similar audiences, mm. similar, not the same, um, characteristic-wise. And uh, because it's going to be hard to get out of that business with a quid, like a, a big dollar, unless you sort of merge the two things up and uh, take it along to somewhere like, I don't know, Foster's or wherever, I don't know, one of these big buyers, say, whatever. Because you've done the work for them. Yes. And then all of a sudden you've got a buyer. Yep. Because if you're hanging out for a buyer, uh, probably the dudes from Better Beer are going to be the first guys out of cabs off the rank. You would think so. Yeah. Because they're, they're killing it. Well. They're killing it. <laughs> they're going They've got a massive well audience too. Yes. Massive. I'd, be, I'd struggle to hold my nerve. If I like you getting those valuations, I'd be like, oh, I want to get out. Oh, in, oh out negotiations? Out. No, I'd just be like, just get me out, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, just get oh, me out. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the duck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first offer that was dangled in front of me, I think. <laughs> Given what I've been reading in the AFR about Better Beer, I'd be like, I'd be selling now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, it mustn't be far off, but they've got to remember the, the big buyers. There's only a couple of them because mm. they contr- the big buyers control all the brands. Mm. All the brands are owned by the same mob, yeah. two or three of them, you know, and uh, they've all bought out, bought recently, or not so, like over the last 12 months. So they bought um, Gingel's, uh, Gingel and Mick Fanning and those. They bought Bolter. their Bolter. Bolter. Yeah. And they paid a big price for it. 
So their pro- appetite in a couple of years will be ready to go again. Mm. They just come back in because they can't create these things. They no. can't set these these things up just like, you know, radio stations can't set up what you guys have set up. Yeah. You know? You're not going to get a Foxtel, Channel 9, Stan, whoever. They're not going to set up a Hello Sport because it's not that easy to do. I mean, apart from apart from finding the dudes to run it, mm. which are you two guys, mm. if they come along to you and they say, we'll pay your salary, <laughs> To do this, yeah, um, they would have this sort of horrible feeling that, that they're losing money because yeah. it's it's you know whereas you're the owners of it, yeah, you, you say well fuck it we own it we're building value in the in the brand in the yeah. business so we're probably happy to take a little bit less money if you go as an employee to one of those places it just becomes a mere impossibility so over time as you build your business a bit like um, the beer businesses they're immediately buyable someone wants to buy them. Mm. Exactly. Like, I mean, it took us, what, five years before we started to see any sort of significant financial return. Oh, that beef jerky sponsor in the well, early days. listen, that, listen. It's hard to put a price good. on free beef jerky time. I've always <laughs> said that. But it doesn't put food on the table for you. Well, my, my wife doesn't like beef jerky, so <laughs> it's not going to nourish her. But you got to sort of, you got to sacrifice, right? There's a least, lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Mm. And it takes, how many years have you guys been at it now? Seven. Seven, seven years. Yep. Yeah. So, Tom, that must be in a you must. I reckon you got the idea from me. Because, <laughs> well, fuck you. I, I reckon Hello Sport. I reckon I should have a part in it, part of this deal. Okay. And well. I te- let me tell you what's happened here, right? So, my son Nick Boris, well, the origins of my podcast used to be called the Mike Boris Show of all things. Nick came up with the idea. TMBS. Very creative. Yeah, very creative. And uh, Nick is mates with Tom and a couple of other larrikins. And they were doing this sort of comedy skit thing, which is pretty fucking funny actually at the time. And we did the Uber thing and and uh, we started up eight years ago and we invited him into our tent. <laughs> and I reckon, and then he helped us with the Uber pitch. I remember standing up there at the park somewhere. I can't remember the dude's name who was uh, the Italian guy or the Greek guy. Whatever it was. Was Sebo, it? Uh, Tulio Ranamakis. Tulio Ranamakis. <laughs> Having a crack of the Greek community of, and of all fucking things. Well, all he, he is Greek, Greek, so he is Greek. Greek. So I might have to be a bit more sensitive to that, but I, to me anyway. But, anyway. but they got, I reckon they got the idea. Now tell me where did the idea come from? For the podcast? Yes. Well, to be honest, after the podcast with you that I was on, I was almost a little bit scarred because – I came in with Seb, like I was involved in the creative side of Streets of Sydney, but I don't know anything about like filming or camera work. And that was 90% of the conversation. So it was like the two guys from Streets of Sydney, I just basically sat there and didn't say a word <laughs> the whole time. And as it just kept going, I'm like, Jesus, am I just like going to have to come in here and pretend I know what I'm talking about? But I think the the origins of it was we were just at uni together. University. We were at school together, but we didn't, he was a year below me. We didn't know each other that well, like we knew of each other. But at uni we were sort of like, forced because there wasn't that many people. It was in Bathurst. And they could sound like an arranged marriage, yeah, but well, <laughs> sort, of, sort of was at some point, at least at the start. Yeah. Now we love each other. Yeah, we do now. Yeah. Um but we would just always find each other like, you know, we'd we'd corner each other with like a party or whatever. We'd just be like screaming at each other about sport. Mm. Which I mean I'm glad we've been able to sort of curtail the aggression that we probably started with a little bit but well it depends if it's late at night it's probably still there yeah so, that's true a few beers yeah. a few beers yeah. Where sort of, which, where, where's my beer I, oh, that's, I think that's yours there. that's mine there yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, mm. Resh is the beer we drink around here. Now I grew Love up it. drinking this shit. Yep, and that, in pubs, that's what it was. That's that was the slogan. Resh is refreshing. Resh is refreshing. Yeah, the beer we drink around here. I that's, still get around. Oh, that was the old. That was the old. That was the old thing. Cheers, boys. Oh, how dare you? Cheers, oh my god, that's rude. That was disgraceful. Sorry, what school boys. was that? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my sons. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I know it's a, it's probably a little self-indulgent when you think that, oh, geez, because we can chew each other's ear off late at night, then we should do a podcast. But that's what people, we did. Other people need to hear this. Other people need to hear this. That's well, right. now people think they've got to do a podcast because they've got a business. I better do a fucking podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. But then you did it for fun. We, yeah, exactly. It's that's exactly. No, let's, we, we got something to talk about, mm. and it's interesting. We yeah. think it's interesting. You mm. think it's interesting. Let's do it. Is that how sort of? That was basically it. I mean, we'd, we'd mused about doing a podcast at uni for years and never got it off the ground. The furthest we went was we went and got our like radio license. I don't even know what that was. Well, that was I think from the uni, right? right. Like they would. Say, it was. It was uh, the degree was. I did a commercial radio degree, but like they, you were able to go on go on air. So you had to get a license for it. I think I thought the earliest thing was almost like, didn't you find some notes in your phone from like four years before you even started a podcast with like topics we'd been musing about while driving? And they were just like, I'm glad I can't remember any right now. Oh, I, I can remember you... some of them. <laughs> like, oh, oh, just very odd stuff. Very odd. Very, very odd stuff. So you're in your 20s. You would have been your late, yeah. or early, uh, mid early, to early, 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 early 20s. Yeah, early. Yeah. We so you're drive... in like 32 or 34. 34. You ran that territory. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. We used to drive back to Sydney together almost every weekend and we would we would just sit in the car and talk shit and we'd write notes and I found some of these notes of like topics that we thought would be funny for for a podcast, some really out there stuff that may have inferred a state of mind at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we just sort of, we left it for a couple of years and then when we moved back to Sydney after uni, we weren't catching up as much as we probably would have liked and so it was an excuse for us to meet up and shoot the shit and hang out really more than anything. And why sport? Like what's the bent around sport for both of you? Maybe we love it. Yeah, it's just the, it's that's it. Like it's yeah. just we just it's very it's 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 obviously in, interesting and engaging. But there is because at the end of the day, it is just sport. There's almost something funny about talking about it. when people talk about it with like ultimate sincerity and earnestness and seriousness and like you know that it can be so over the top <laughs> that there's something funny in that in about taking something that's not very serious super seriously. But in like you're just trying to make each other laugh. Are you saying sport is serious, but you guys in your show don't take it seriously? Sort of, sort of semi take the piss, or is it around the other way? It's a bit of both. So we we <laughs> take it seriously. We're huge Manly Seagulls fans, or we're huge New South Wales Blues fans. When they lose, or huge Australian, or huge fans, Australian fans in the on. cricket. So yeah. like we are massive sports fans. But then the other side of it is when something goes wrong, or there's some minor controversy, or whatever. Like you know, that it can just be completely blown out of proportion or the seriousness that someone can take uh, to us is funny in the way that we would talk about it with each other, like the way that we would dissect what some scandal is or a team that's not going well and why aren't they going well and just finding these ridiculous avenues to explain it through our lens. Yeah, weird tangents. We've always just taken a topic and somehow just had a bit of fun with it. We're trying to make each other laugh but it's not – it's 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 kind of weird because I don't feel like a comedian or someone being – it's just that we're trying to make each other laugh. Mm. But then also we might get through a podcast where we haven't really belly laughed or anything, but people still seem to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I don't – sometimes – Some people will say to us that was the best interview or best episode you've ever done and Tom and I – sort of the metric for us is have we made each other belly laugh? Like, you know, when you laugh so much you start crying, that's, that's what I sort of do it for really, like – Obviously, it pays the bills now, but that's what was the main reason we did it was mm. to make each other laugh. But, you know, things are funny to different people, which was sort of found out along the way. So it doesn't always need to be a bent over laughing sort of situation. But, but remember your first one? 
We do. We've got it recorded, don't we? We do. We called it Pipe Dreams because it was a pipe dream at the time and it was sitting on an old dining room table. We had the paper open and we recorded it on GarageBand. Audio was horrendous. We didn't release it. GarageBand. Um, <laughs> but we listened to it. A couple of years ago, maybe. Mate, I think, we, we, were actually, to, I think we listened to it last year. We were quite impressed with ourselves. And which was also All, kind of also, concerning. It was like we have we are, we are like we're okay back then or we just haven't improved at all over the seven years. Okay, our taglines, uh, the home of unqualified opinion, unwavering bias. So like we're not trying, we say it at the start just to sort of set the tone of like this is two guys who don't know anything, who you shouldn't be, you know, their opinions shouldn't be taken seriously and we just are here to talk shit about the things that you might be also talking about with your mates. Yeah, I mean we don't, the the reality is we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We're just, <laughs> we're just talking. I love and, it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, especially in Australia, you know, like ooh, unless you played, 20 origins, then you're not allowed to talk about sport, yeah, that's right? A good so point. Matty Johns the other day said, you don't have to be a baker to know the bread tastes good. So when he was in, he had that biff with Joey. But like that idea generally I think permeates throughout all of Australian society. Basically, if you didn't play rugby league, don't fucking talk about it. So the way that we sort of circumnavigate that is to say, we don't know what we're talking about. We're honest about that. In fact, we say it several times a podcast. So <laughs> you can't really get pulled up on things if you, if, it's a if nice, you look, lay the foundation. <laughs> not yet anyway. Well, you're well, not putting yourselves out as experts. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you, you do get, get experts in. Things. But you do get experts in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you get great guests. I mean hmm. – one of your first ones was Anthony Watmer. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that, uh, like, that was our one of our earliest, like, uh, I guess, elevations or transition periods where it was like we had 200 people listening a week and then he came on and he was like, how controversial do you want me to be? He hadn't said anything about his departure from Manly and all that. We were just like... Very green. There, we were just like, uh, we weren't even going to ask you about it. So, like, just say whatever <laughs> you no want. Way. I wasn't going to ask Anthony Watmer about him and Cherry Evans. No way. But he came in pumped up and was like, "Fucking ask me about it." Like, no problem. Yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm like, so again, n- none of what we try to do, especially with interviews, is like trying to get anything out of. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're not trying to get you to say something messed up that we're going to go and run. If you want, you say whatever you want. You will get. You will cut anything out you want. He was just super keen to go for it. And we're sitting around the table and he's like, Jerry Evans a fuckwit. And I'm just like kicking Eddie under the door. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. I can't believe what he's saying here. And I just knew I worked in radio at the time, so I just knew it was going to pump. I just knew as soon as we released it, someone was going to pick it up and it was just going to go. And it did. And so then after that we had like, I mean, it wasn't even a huge increase, but it like took us from 200 listens a week to like 800 listens a Maybe week. Maybe a thousand. It was a bit of a, like a, I think we crossed over that thousand threshold, which was big for us at the time, massive. And Anthony was great because he would get called from journos and they wanted him to, to give him give him a quote and he said, nah, Hello Sport exclusive. So they were oh, really? quoted. Yeah. But at least most media companies were good enough to quote us. Some just said a podcast. but Yeah, but they're not gonna, yeah because they're not going to give you a leg up. No. no fucking but way. some did. Some did, some yeah. Did. Some, some did and they like ran our audio and like all that sort of stuff. But it was on, I think it was on Nine News and they didn't quote us and we were like, those <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You, should, you just reminded me of something because I remember many years ago when I had the Mike Borussia, Business partner of Fordo, Nick Fordham. Um, Fordo is good mates with um, Joe Hockey. I'm good mates, but not as close as Nick is. And he said to me, he said, Oh, Joe's going to resign as treasurer and he's going to announce he's got a job and he's going to resign on, um, I don't know, Friday. He said, This money, he said, You want him to come on the show? 
And I said, my brush, and we, we used to film those days Tuesday morning at 6.30 up at uh, John Ibram's premises up there at the cross. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, but that he built for um, Cole Sandlands, but Cole never used it. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, cool. I, you know, I knew Joe. I said, yeah, bring him in. And uh, it was like breaking fucking news. Like uh, Joe announced his resignation on our show. <laughs> like, it was fucking mental. <laughs> and then also announced that he was, ga- was going to take up the ambassador job in um, Washington for Australia. Gave Australian me the ambassador. full scoop. Well, what the fuck? So uh, we brought him down here to this uh, building where I owned down, down in Darling. There's a cafe and we got the camera set up. We got him sitting there and talking about it after. And anyway, the City Morning Herald uh, picked it up and quoted our show. They'd said, you know, breaking news, Joe Hockey, treasurer of the country, has announced his uh, departure from being treasurer and taking up the ambassador role in Washington on this show called The Mark Burry Show. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe the front page of the paper. What the fuck? And, uh, but, but it works. It's just, it's also somewhere it's like, so that was four years in. I think that that happened. So we'd been doing it for ages. And Serious? Like, yeah, like thirty listens we would get. Thought we were stalled, stuck on thirty <laughs> listens for years, <laughs> years and so years. So then when something like that happens, it's like, oh, this is a really cool thing that happened. And although I was also a little torn because I loved the seagulls and it was like really negative seagulls press. So I was like, Jesus Christ! You're not like it's not as if you're trying to change society. Mm. I mean, you're trying to add entertainment to society. Mm. How do you keep yourselves going? Like, do you rely on each other, or what happens? In those early days, genuinely, I think it was like we would, I would rely on him, he would probably rely on me. Mm. But we were just doing it honestly because it was fun. Like, and I would enjoy doing it. Like, I would enjoy getting in on a Monday night and having a laugh with Tom. I always enjoyed doing that. That hasn't changed, but that's probably gen- – that would have been what got me through 30 listeners, yeah. live shows way too early when no one turns up. Like, you, you know, just – that grind after four or five years, and we do it. Sometimes we have to do it seven thirty in the morning on a Monday. You know, when you're in your twenties, you having big weekends like that's that was tough going. And when so you're just, just not seeing podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from being out all night, exactly. But when you're not seeing any growth, it was didn't frustrate me, but it, it does make you think that this is probably just going to peter out. Eventually. Yeah, I think the, one of the reasons that I was like the thing that kept me going was that we just kept getting 30 listens every week. We never promoted it. Like we were very sort of like not shy but sort of almost too uh, self-conscious to like put it on our own personal Instagrams and like tell everyone about it. The most we'd do is like share it to a group chat or something with with your mates and go like have a listen. But your friends are actually a good barometer of like whether you're doing something good or shit. Like they they will listen to it once, maybe twice, or they'll come and see your band play once or twice. If they don't vibe it, they're just they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna indulge you unnecessarily. <laughs> I may have been in a band once and my friends didn't come. Um, but they just Scarred. kept coming back. They just kept coming back and listening to the podcast. It was only 30 people, but it was like, we're not pushing it. Yeah. And they didn't I, have to they listen. They didn't have to listen. And again, I think like I've always thought, I've always respected my friend's sense of humour and like so just the fact that they liked it, I was like there's just something there. I don't know what it is. It's not It's not like taking up heaps of our life doing it and it was fun. So, At least from my perspective, I if I've got something on my mind or if I, if you know, let, let's say there's the ashes on, I need to talk to someone about it. Like I need to, I need to get my opinions off my chest. I'm extremely opinionated. <laughs> my friends can attest to that. I, you know, I'm the guy that bails people up in the corner at a night out, just you know, let them know what I think about a certain topic. So, <laughs> like now, you'd be talking about the ashes at the moment. So oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm more a footy fan than I am, say cricket. Who is some some of your favourite league guests? 
Rabs, definitely. Rabs. Rabs is the man. Is the like, voice of rugby league, obviously. So, he, like, my earliest rugby league memories are Ray Warren. My favorite rugby league memory is actually when, from like, from a, my favorite Rabs memory is when he called Newcastle beating Manly in 96 or so. 97. 97. Like, I just think, again, obviously Manly lost, but it was like the most perfect call. Is that Darren Albert? Did he, no, yeah, 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 Joey, yeah. then Albert. Joey was blind. Like, and Darren Albert, he's, he's, oh, Joey would have been blind for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Darren Albert scored a try. And got blind. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, he scored a try. I think Darren, was, Darren Albert scored a try in that he, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was the, he was in the last second of the game. Yeah, yeah, he's Joey goes blind, back yep. to Darren Albert, and it's just like the way he does it, his voice is like almost when it's, it's just its best, throaty best. Yeah, and that was a high watermark for sure. Because I rev- like he's revered, right? Yeah, and like yeah. so so well respected. He was. A, I don't get so nervous now with our guests. Have been doing it for so long, but I got nervous with him, like for sure. Mm. And when you just hear him speak, like Jesus, yeah. it's my, my childhood in a room, you know. So. Well, you know, it's funny about him. It makes you nervous because you know he said to me because we had we had him on here last last couple of weeks ago. He said to me, "Oh, do you know who I really respect as as a good interviewer?" That's before the show started. <laughs> Michael Parkinson. Oh, 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 what the fuck? Like, yeah. uh, like one of the greatest interviews of all time. Boy, yeah, like, uh, and here I am about much. to interview you. Like uh, you, you, you put Michael Parkinson in front of me. Like what the fuck? Like I mean, that was like really wrong foot of me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I felt like I was standing there with uh, James Tedesco running at me, just turning left. And I didn't even. I didn't even see it. You know, like you just stepped to my left. He's a phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, he, he really is. Yes. What about in terms of players? Well, well, we did Matty Johns the other day. Yes, like he's a gun. He's unbelievable. Great, he could talk. How smart is he? Oh, mate, yeah. His retention mm. ability to retain information that can go back 20, 30 years about singers, mm. players, film, travel, film, like, like everything. He's, he's constantly like it was really cool to talk to him as well. Like they're also the best people to chat to. Where it's like you don't even need to give them that much, and they yeah, just yeah. go, and you just sort of. They're really good at sort of, I guess, emptying their mind and expressing themselves clearly, and he was great at that. He was obviously like as a footy player, uh, he was it was great. To, like his, his footy brain is also incredible. So like where we, you know, one of our probably areas we lack the most is footy now. I'd yeah, say. X's and O's. X's and O's, not yeah. our strong suit. Not our strong suit. Nor do we want it to be. But, uh, <laughs> nor could it ever be. Nor right? could it ever be. But hearing someone like him, again, really clear and really like he's able to sort of Get his points across really well. His um, interrogation of the game and players and structures. Yeah, him and Cooper Cronk. Mate, that's our favourite show. And my favourite show too. Oh, there yeah. you go. My, my I mean, apart mind. from your show. No, of course, and yours. Yeah, thank you. But that podcast, Maddie's podcast with uh, Cooper. Yeah, um, that is a must watch for it's me. It's like the best rugby league content out there. Like they just, just unpick it. Yeah, and and it's more Maddie asking Coops what he thinks. Yes, and. Uh, but Coop's ability to unpick things, like, it's just ridiculous. No wonder Melbourne won and Roosters won because, like, he's like having an on-field strategist. Yeah. Apart from his skill, normal skill, mm. his ability. Yes. He's just, he's just looking at shit and fucking – and probably he's researched it too probably. Have you had him on show yet? No, we want to get Cooper on. We actually, we definitely love want to have him on. We love him. Yeah, that's our favourite podcast as well, just an absolute rugby league nerd out where you're just getting like an insight into these two rugby league geniuses. It's incredible. There's nothing else like it really. And they explain themselves really well. Like they make it digestible for the dribbler. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, yeah. That's the normal – that's me. Um, yes. I'm, I'm the dribbler. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but like, mate, it's not a – it's a pretty uncool thing to be sitting there at like – Eight, I think it's on different times, but like between eight and nine on whatever night of the week it is, 
and you're the most boring fuckhead <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, Matty Johns and Kevin Crump uh, talking. Uh, my talking wife, about- I'll have it on my, I'll have the iPad on my chest burning a hole into me and I'm just sitting there like when Steph's like, just what, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> What's wrong with you? Don't Wait. judge me. <laughs> Matty Johns and Cooper Cronk, yeah. come on. You know the joke. We <laughs> said we said to Matty though when we interviewed him, we go, because last year they would do it ad hoc. It was sort of on and again and off again. I said, you can't do that to me, mate. It's got to be out every week of yeah. the rugby league season. Please. Otherwise, I'll have a breakdown. I just need it. Well, it is now. Yes, yeah. now. It is. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it must be one of their lead shows. I reckon everybody's sort of saying what we're saying. I reckon that's, I mean, I like, I'm happy with Brace doing. Brace doing a great job. But like, it's the, the show's. Looks like they're struggling to put people on there, like mm. you know, like because with that, what's his name, Kenty, Kenty. <laughs> uh, but but it's sort of the, the whole structure's changed. Yes, and it's not. I just don't. They've got to. They've got to have to restructure it. I think. So. Yeah, and I feel a bit sorry for him in that sense. In that, like you know, the mid-season shuffle, and you're like, I assume that this what they've just gone. We just need like a stopgap for the rain of the year. Let's just try and get through this year and then see what happens. Yeah, everyone loves Gordy. Let's get him. Yeah, yeah Gordy's yeah, yeah. good. We we'll get him in there to fill in the seat. But like, it's 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 definitely different. I don't mind it though, to be honest. I still think it's I still enjoy uh, consuming it. Although, th- like this time of year, I'm a little bit like rugby league. Sometimes, especially when you're in it, like we are, this time of the year, I find myself like not caring as much about some. Why is it because like, Origin? I think Origin is a bit of a – it's a weird one, right? Like it makes all of the shows that we do around sport a little bit like not diff- – well, listen. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. If if it was if the series was like was alive and well, it might be a different story. But I think it just makes the regular season games a bit whatever, like yeah. all the buy rounds and stuff, and all the players too are many. out. They just, we just, you're not as the, the games aren't as good and the interest isn't as good because your best players aren't playing. Yeah, yeah. So you sort of reach a bit of a. Yeah, I think it's like at the start of the year, you're, you're absolutely frothy. Footy's back. How good is this? Then you get to the origin period and the NRL itself, the NRL competition really peters out. Obviously, like all the big guys aren't playing. There's buys every week. And it injuries. Just, 
Yeah, injuries exactly. Well, injuries. Yeah. It's just a bit lackluster. I think when it's when you start heading back towards finals, it picks up yeah, again. Like yeah. It's great. Like week 24, 25, yeah. heading into the, the last yeah, yeah. game, like Roosters against South or something like that. 100%. Like yes. That's, that's when it starts to amp up from my point of view. And that, mind you, it's not going to be that great for us. And we're, we're coming like 13th or 12th. Tough. Or like, Tough. Not, not a great season for both of us, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mind you, you guys are better. That game between us and you guys. I'll be honest, it was average. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was hard to watch. It was a tough one. It, it was, was frustrating. Uh, like the, the commentators were getting all sort of excited about, oh, it's fun close, but it was an average game. Yeah. Between two average teams. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, sorry no, to mate, my, my like, Roos mates, but like it just was an average game. So for us, like our tries came from intercepts and like just some real arsy chip kick from Ruben Garrick. Like it was all very like chaotic. And everybody, everyone's trying their hardest. Yes. But it's, and it's, it seems like some teams like us, Manly, a few of the well, Canterbury and fuck me, and, and um, you know, West Tigers, unfortunately. Hmm. I mean, everybody, they're all we're all struggling to find form. How do you guys in your show, Hollow Sport, how do you make it interesting for anybody? Like we always get people hitting us up going, why aren't you talking about the Warriors? And I feel bad because I'm like, so the Warriors, like they're playing well this year, but sometimes there's just not a bit out there, a bit out of sight, out of mind, or there's not something happening. So it just sort of depends, I think. Like with the Bulldogs, for example, like the, in the news that like they tried to offer Tino four million bucks and like a slice of the pub, and like that was funny to us because it was like, what else can you sort of just weasel in outside the cap? Like you get a piece of the. <laughs> yeah, you got to start offering up pubs to sweeten the deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, Surely a pub sits yeah. outside the cap, right? I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the easiest way to think about, it, I think, is like we don't sit there and go through every game and dissect it. Again, it's just not our cup of tea, and we're quite frankly we're not that interested. So it's like a proper pub chat to me. Yes, yes. exactly. Like it's like you just. Shooting the shit, and then and maybe dial it up a little bit, you know, like yeah. like if just you need to it up a bit, of, put a little bit of mayo on it. Yeah, you know, I would say. Obviously, the ashes is important, but it's sort of funny by acting like it's the most important thing of all time, you know, and that and that if we don't get a win over in England, then put a fork in me because I'm done. You know, there's no <laughs> point in going on anymore. That's sort of the the really fickle nature of like you know the Aussie sports fan. Send him home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Send him home. He hasn't hit a business run. class. Get him yeah, economy. Yeah, get him, get, get him, him his baggage. The thing is, we also have genuine opinions on there as well. So like I know it seems like if something is worthy of a serious opinion. So like last year with the Manly Pride Saga jerseys yep, thing, yep. right? Like. That was something that we felt we needed to actually talk about sincerely. It's not something you're trying to make fun of. And and what did you say? Well, so we said that obviously, well, we feel it's obvious, but like in the context we felt like it was worth mentioning that we are completely supportive of LGBTQI plus, you know, plus, and that we've got friends who are gay and whatever and like it's just there's absolutely no. But we felt like it was unfair to the players that are Islander and very heavily, heavily religious to just not even run it by them. Like, yeah. or not even know, like, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. That was where we were just like, what did you expect was going to happen? And I think, and it felt like it was a disservice to the cause to be so thoughtless about what then became a shitstorm and probably made people of that community feel even worse than if there had been a bit more of a bit more thoughtful a bit more of a thoughtful approach to it. Yeah, it felt it felt a bit rushed, at least to us. Well, it was also a women was, in league. They hijacked the women in league round yeah. to sort of push this narrative. You know, I mean, I can't be for sure that this was what they were thinking, but it it did feel like they just wanted to be the first to market and we're the first rugby league side to to openly support the community. It just felt a bit grubby's not the right word, but a bit 
Virtue signaling, yeah, almost a bit yeah. virtue signaling. Do you think rugby league clubs? That's obviously come from management. It mm. wasn't the players who concocted all this no. sort of stuff. It would mm. have been management. Someone coming up with a clever idea, but they thought it was a clever idea. Maybe of, maybe genuinely led, but ill-conceived. Yes, you know I think I mean? that's probably and badly executed. Yes, <laughs> but do you think clubs have a role in social issues? I think it's hard to separate the two. As much as like, as much as people would like to. It just sort of feels like, you know, there's too many things because if you were get to take that approach, there'd be no, you know, Indigenous round, which isn't a fantastic. Well, no NRLW. No NRLW, no Anzac round, like these things where it's like you can't be so gung-ho about Anzac round, which is a fantastic round, mm. and then be like keep politics out of I think, sport. I think that the easy, oh, an easy way of thinking about it for me is if you're going to do a round or, uh, you know, try and support a cause like that, then you need – it needs to be – you need to go all in on it, right? So the fact that they didn't even get – who's the ex-Manly player? Who's, Ian Roberts. They didn't even get Ian Roberts yeah, in yeah, totally. to talk or support um, or, you know, even educate the players about what it means to be a gay man playing rugby league. I just feel like if they don't – if you don't even land on Ian Roberts in that situation, are you just, you're just putting a, a rainbow flag on a jersey? Because that's what it looks like. You know, whereas with the Anzac Day, it's all in, you know. There's a lot of remembrance. They've got, the, you know, the bugle. There's like a procession. There's marching. I know that the players go and talk to, you know, retired servicemen and, and women, all that sort of thing. With the Indigenous round, it's very involved. Obviously, Indigenous players, you know, go back and, and speak about, you know, their families and their culture and all that sort of thing. It just feels like it's a bit more... They make it more important, and, and rightly so. But then, with things like with other quarters, particularly with the Pride Round saga, it just felt a bit rushed and a bit. Clubs aren't really built to sort of play that role. I You're mean, probably they can right. play into the role, yeah. but they can't play that role. You're probably right. Yeah. They can't take the lead. No, that, agree. You, even with clubs with Anzac Day, they don't always nail that. As no, no, totally. By the West yeah. Tigers this year, yeah, totally. You know, <laughs> exactly. With the US troops, so clubs find hard enough just to recruit players and keep players and mm. keep them on the paddock. Win footy games. And win footy games, yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm dying for some opinions here. <laughs> um, which club do you think has recruited the best? Oh, um, it's the Storm probably always come to mind in terms of recruitment. Well, yeah, they've kind of lost a few though recently. Well, it depends what time, what time frame you're talking about. Well, the last couple of years. Last so, couple of like, years. Who's a standout? Like who the fuck's got it right? I mean – like last year it felt like the Cowboys had where they bring in Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden and you're sort of like – and even Scott Drinkwater I think had come up from the storm maybe like a year or so before and you were like Chad had won a comp but people probably didn't think he was the man who did it. Dearden, everyone was like, Dearden might never play rugby league, NRL anyway. Like he didn't really <laughs> get the job done at the Broncos. But how good is he? He's amazing. It's and then you've got like Nanai who's like you yeah, know, yeah. he's 18, no one ever heard of him. Ruben Cotter. Like I know to be honest, they you could argue they still have – been fantastic with their recruitment, but they sort of like came out of the blue. But the Storm would have been, but the Storm feel like they've kind of dropped the ball a little bit recently with who they've Well, recruited. I mean, they've re-signed well. You could you could say that for sure. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they got Jerome Hughes locked down. They've got Cameron Munster locked down. They've got Harry Grant locked down. So they've re-signed well, but they were already at the club. In terms of new signings, it hasn't gone well, but I look at the Bulldogs and I'm like, you've signed some great oh, players. Mate. Yeah. Like it hasn't really clicked yet, but they've got Stephen Crichton coming next year. They've obviously got Kikau. They've got Matty Burton, who's an absolute beast, Reid Marnie. Like on paper they've recruited well. Bronson just, Cherry. Uh, Josh Adokar. He's Adokar. been out for a few yeah, years, years, but like he Josh seems Adokar to be like, as well. he's been – I was following him on the gram. He looks like he's 
still as fit as ever. I reckon. With I reckon Roger. Hopefully I re- not for the same reasons. No, no. Well. <laughs> You'd hope not. Good Lord. We had some interest in him at one stage. Well, yeah. mate, he's, he's quick. And he's a body too. Like yeah. he, he can, you know, he can do some good defensive work. Mm. Who do you think is the greatest coach of all time? And everyone's got an opinion on this. I think it's Wayne. Like it's it's an obvious one. I mean, well, Bellamy's good as well, but Wayne just seems to have been able to do it in so many different places, right? Like everywhere he's gone, he's been able to find success. He went to St. George. He yeah. won a grand George, final. They won beat it. us in 2010. Yeah. He turned the game around at halftime. They were, for all money, gone. St. Mm-hmm. George, Rooster winning. Whatever the fuck he said in halftime, <laughs> they come out and they won the fucking game. Yeah. And he's got this ability to get people to play for him. Mm. Then he and went then from he there to the Knights, was, was Newcastle. Same with George and Knights. After. But Newcastle. They made a set. They made, made the semi. Made no, they made the set. It was the one to make the grand final. Yeah, prelim, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Sorry. But um, like you Dolphins. sort of forget about that. And then, like, well, then he went to South, took the end of the grand yeah, final. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, then yeah. to the Dolphins, who everyone was like betting on when they'll, what round they'll win. Dolphins were last yeah. in my money. Yeah. I thought, there's no way. They, they haven't even recruited that well. You know, and you, you'd almost say they have now in hindsight. Like, obviously, it's easier to say now, but like. You look at the you look at someone like the, the hammer and you're like, how the fuck did anyone let him go? Totally, it's insane. He's turned him into an absolute beast. Like, yeah, and now, and now it just seems so obvious. Whereas at the start of the year, you're like, oh Jesus, hammer. If someone had told you at the start of the year that he'd be playing Origin and dominate, you just go, you wouldn't believe him. But that's the Wayne effect as well. So Wayne goes in what a couple of years ago with one of the worst Origin sides ever, beat us when we we're sort of at our peak. I think was that was that the year he brought back Alfie Langer. No, no. no. Th- well, he did that as well. We're talking I'm like talking 2020. About 2020. Right. We oh, won yeah, two yeah, in a yeah. row. Worst We're dominating. Worst team in history. And then, or one of the worst teams, he comes back and wins that. He's just got this innate ability. And so it, I, I suppose it depends on what you value, right? Do you think that it's more impressive that he's bounced around all these different clubs and had so much success? Or do you think that it's more impressive that Bellamy's built that system yeah. that just continually spits out results? Like they, the stats on them having not finished in the top four. It was just ridiculous. Like the streak they're on, the yeah, final streak the yeah. they've had. Well, but exactly. They get fuck? those, but they, but they, isn't that part of it, right? But when you, th- is it part of the, getting them in through? I'm not the sure. Also, I'd like to know your your view. I mean, like you, you look at that that, that period, Cronk, Smith, Slater, Inglis, Inglis, Flau. Oh, but like, but just with those but three, those three, yeah. What? But they were all what you, what at least you, I think you got to respect is that they got got them all in before they were anything. You know, and I'm pretty sure Smith was like, it was not wanted at the Broncos. Billy Slater was this tiny little jockey who everyone was like, and Cooper Cronk was not good enough. And then it's like they come down there and whatever it is Bellamy does, however he, you know, either teaches the game but also like instills some sort of confidence or work ethic in those in players, you're like, no one seems to be able to get that sort of response out of people. It's unbelievable. And then you've got like Nico Hines who was unwanted by, by Manly. He goes down there, comes out an absolute beast, goes to Sharks, wins a Dally M. Like Jerome Hughes is unbelievable. Munster's unbelievable. Grant's unbelievable. Pappenhausen when he's fits, unbelievable. Brandon unwanted Smith. at the Tigers. Brandon, Brandon Smith, Smith. Love the cheese. <laughs> you know? Love so, the cheese. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you go in there and you have one of the great glow-ups of all time and you come out. They don't always have success when they leave is the only other thing. Yeah, well. Smithy's sort of struggling a little struggling, bit with us, yeah. but he's had yeah. injuries. He's had and injuries for sure. He's got it hasn't really settled into our system yet. Mm. But He'll we'll find his we, feet. We'll, we'll see how he goes. I mean, I, I think Bellamy for me is probably like has, has built the best system yeah. as a coach. Mm. Maybe Bennett is, has to go down as one of the great coaches because he's just got the history. He's yes. just got the na- numbers of the years up. He's seven yeah. forward or risk. I know. It's crazy how old he is. You're just uh, like, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, he's kind of looked that old my whole life though. I know like I've always seen him as looking basically 70 years he's old. He's always looked old, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's first, grumpy. 
Yes. Yeah, he's always had a, a mood on him. He's really, he's, uh, do, but I get fascinated by that because it's, I just wonder whether that's part of his persona, like not his real personality. Like I just got this. It sounds this, like it. Like that's what I'm going to give you, nothing. And you see footage of like, you see footage of him in the sheds after the game. You know, they got those sort of cameras up in the corners and yeah. stuff and he's in there like dancing yeah, with all yeah, the boys. Around. You're like, he seems like he's a bit of fun. Put him in front of a real camera lady and he'll give you nothing. Yes. I mean, uh, he treats everyone like the enemy. I reckon it'd be a nightmare to interview. Oh a yeah, fucking nightmare to interview. Yeah. I mean, I've often thought about reaching out to him to get him on the show, but but, but he'd probably, he, I reckon, he'd probably be easier for someone like yourself who's got a profile and like you know, he. I think if he respects you, I think you're going to be good. If he doesn't know who you are, like if you're just a journalist, not that there's anything wrong with that, but in the fucking power dynamic, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to just be like what, whatever. Timing, probably everything as well. Yeah. You know? Well, that's it. If you get him after a big win, he might be a little more friendly. Well, you're yeah. not going to get much in grand final week, for example. You know what I mean? No. He's no. a genius at working out that power dynamic, isn't he? Yeah. And, and that's I reckon that's one of his great strengths in terms of players. He sort of assumes the godfather position. It helps if you're older and you've been around doing this shit for a long time, but he assumes the godfather position quite easily mm. and then he can get people to play for him. Because, I mean, my view on a great coach is, is a great coach is someone who can get everyone on the team to play do their simple role, but play for me. Mm. I'm a coach. Gus was always good at that. Gus's um, oratory skills and rhetoric was just unbelievable. I've, 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 when, when, I, when, when he was coaching Origin, I was a sponsor and Gus used to, well, mates, and he used to invite me downstairs and I used to listen to him speak. It was like everyone's gobsmacked. Like you're, mm. you're literally sitting there listening to uh, a barrister tear apart um, a witness. Like uh, <laughs> Gus should have been a barrister or something like that because – you can't take your eyes off him and you can't you can't stop listening to him. It's like it's mesmerizing. Yeah. And he would have them run out and play for him based mm. on what he said just at the beginning of the game. Also, before. like with these older coaches, I imagine it would be very difficult, especially like if you use Wayne as an example, he's 74 and he's trying to relate to like 19-year-olds and just actually trying to do that. I imagine that would just be difficult generally if you're just a person, right? But like trying to – everyone's got their different idiosyncrasies, different things going on at home, whatever else, but you've got this 74-year-old and like a 19-year-old and they're like – they're getting on just like friends, you know? Like I just find that interesting and I, I assume is uh, got to be some quality it's pretty unusual yeah. too, like, but it is Wayne Bennett. So yes. he walks in, it's Wayne Bennett. Yes. Uh, it's uh, – fuck, like uh, – because like we're talking about it, they would be thinking it too. Because they don't know yeah. who's a better coach or Wayne, but they don't know anything about Bellamy. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Wayne Bennett walks in the room. That sort of brings me to, uh, you know, the the, the, the to- topic is getting talked about all the time at the moment. What do you reckon is going to happen with uh, New South Wales origin side? I mean, you're New South Welshman, New South Welshman. Mm. Um, do you think Freddie will keep coaching? What do you think is going to happen? I, listen, so, yeah. it, I. I think that it's been a, a tough couple of years for Freddie. And, again, everything I'm saying here is based on my vibe of him in the media, to be honest. We always talk about it. he came in when he first started, he was he was the shoes off sort of like almost hippie, yeah. earthy, Wearing relaxed, skivvies in the coach's box. You know, yeah, yeah, skivvy. Yeah. He was Jack wearing all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boys had walked to the, to the field from the hotel. Like they were just – he just felt very calm and – A sensitive new age coach. It's exactly how I'd put it. And he'd obviously come through the pathway system and done a lot for New South Wales Rugby League and he just seemed to get it and he seemed he seemed to have, have a really clear idea of how he wanted to play and the way that he wanted the boys to carry on. It feels to me at least and, and to Tom as well like he's lost sort of that that early early time mentality and he, he seems quite 
bitter almost now, a bit angry, a bit jaded by the media and people's perception on how he's been going and and he just he bites back a lot more. And the same I think can be said of Brandy. I think the same could be said of Joey, quite frankly. And I just don't know. As the team as a team coaching staff. As the team coaching staff. Obviously there's other coaching staff and I'm referring to those three because they're often in the media, but it just it feels like the 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 cultures change a little bit, or the, it's the also, atmospheres change. It's also juxtaposed by Billy Slater, who just is like couldn't be cooler and calmer and like better looking right now. Like he's just killing it, and like obviously his team's going well, but there's just he's the way he speaks. Mm. Just so you hear him speak in the media, and you're like, yeah, okay, this guy's. I'm jealous of Queensland. This guy's awesome, but he's the winner though. Uh, it's and it's much yeah, easier to do so. Like, it's, it's much, much easier, easier to do but so. Freddie was a winner too, and he started a winner. That's yeah. why it's so hard. And, and but and then people, I think the sort of the final thing for me is that people's opinion, who I respect from a rugby league perspective, like Matty Johns or the rugby league guru. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but just really yeah, sharp yeah. rugby league minds. Yeah. Don't often understand what his what his selection criteria is based on, what his bench rotation sort of strategy is. Like a lot of things don't make sense to them, which makes me sort of question what's going on. Do you think Freddie should I – mean, I'm going to give it away for a while now or I'm out or do you think he should wait to be pushed. booted? And so, if so, who, who the hell are they going to get? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. The, problem. the longer it goes on, I'm starting to think they won't They won't get rid of him. Even though like – I mean, if we get swept maybe, as you said, I don't know who – there's no one obvious. Under the current rules. Yeah, and also like New South Wales has had such a lean trot. Like we had a couple of years, that, you know, with Freddie, but like – I think it's four out of the last 18 series that we've actually won. So there isn't like Queensland who have got this like treasure trove of greats, successful former greats that are all just there. Like you could have Cam, you could have Billy, you could have Thurston just as an example. Or Cooper. Or Cooper, exactly. Whereas we are sort of the names that we're getting thrown around, I hear Gal thrown around, no disrespect to Gal, but I just had never thought of him as a coach. Mick Ennis. Yeah. James, James Maloney. Maloney. Just yeah. the, I'm just sort of like, is this? No disrespect again to yeah, those guys, yeah. but I'm like, is this all we've fucking got? Like I'd be going, like everyone else is like, get Maddie to do it. Maddie's like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to ruin he's my makes, life. Makes, he makes too much money. Exactly. <laughs> He'd be great though, Maddie. No, he would be. He'd be unbelievable. So yeah. why would he do it? He would. Yeah. There's no point doing it. No, no. Fucking, you're, you're pulling Life's the pants down good. big time. 100%. You know? like it's, you're going to spanked hard. Yeah. Like, uh, but the media is going to go for you too, yeah. particularly given he's got the Fox affiliation. So every other media outlet is going to go gonna for him. He's going to smash him. He's going to be yeah, – he's too smart for that. Yeah. And I just think Freddie needs to refresh. Mm. I think he's one of the smartest footballers we've ever had yeah. in New South Wales, that is. And I think people really relate to him, but he does feel the pain of the media. And he, yeah. he's actually a sensitive guy. Yeah. He doesn't show it, mm. but he's a very sensitive guy. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and which is why everyone loves him. Yeah. You know, because the players really relate to him. Mm. But he's he's feeling the shit. Yeah. And, the, and he, imagine walking around knowing that everybody wants to cut your legs from under you. Mm. That's fucked up. No, mate. Look, I can only imagine what it would be like. Like we, <laughs> we have like maybe once in our entire history received like any form of minor backlash. And even though like. You know, it, again, it wasn't that bad. You're still like, Jesus Christ, this isn't fun. So I can only imagine what it's like if you got a whole state who are just like, you know, calling for your head. It's a bit like what you're talking about the cricket, though. That's the mentality of the audience. Yes. 
fuck him off. Get exactly. rid of him. Give yeah, us yeah, the yeah. next bloke. Seriously. Yeah. And, oh, who is the next bloke? Yeah. I mean, and one of the things about Freddie too, which would be frustrating, is Freddie, when he used to get criticised when he played, and he don't worry, he had plenty of criticism. I remember the time he got pissed, he didn't turn up to a, he was captain of uh, the Australian side, didn't turn up to a press conference, and lots of shit happened to him. But he was always <laughs> able to get on the field and take control because mm. there is in control. Yes. He just say, fuck you, I'm going to score a try That's here. That's like warning. Yeah, correct. Like, you know, warning. Where it's like, you're great, so we kind of, you're allowed to get away you with do everything. It, you, I, I can sort this. Yeah. Mm. I'll remedy the issue. Yeah. yeah. Joey would be the same. Joey's, Joey's the well, same. Yeah. I'll just fucking turn around on yeah. you. Yeah. And you got nothing. And that, again, is what is great about the Australian sports fan in that there is just this gross double standard. As long as you're playing well, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah. But if you're out of form, yeah. like, well, then we've got issues. We're yeah. coming for yeah. you. Yeah, we're, we're coming, coming for you in a big way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I really appreciate you coming in, but I'm totally looking forward to coming on your show. Uh, for me, Hello Sports is one of those, for me, levity moments in what otherwise would be a fairly boring life for me. So <laughs> thanks very much for the entertainment. Hey, thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Thanks appreciate for having it. us. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a Mentored Podcast. Podcast.